Welcome back, world. We're back, baby. PB and Jace here, Punch Blunts and Jams podcast. It's been too long. Life happens. We talk about it every episode. It's tough to get going, but we're back now. We've had some winter go by. We've had some life events happen. And Cody and, my, Cody and I are just ready to talk sports. So that's what we're going to do for the next few minutes. We're going to go into some things that are going on, even close to home, some sports around town and things that we're going to be interested in and go over. So with that said, I'm going to welcome in Captain Kirk himself, Cody. What's up, buddy? What's up, Clay Dodd? I remember one time you and I were on a boat in Panama City where things happened. The, you got to drive the boat, and we called you Captain Kirk. I did get to so, drive the boat. I think there are pictures to prove it. There are pictures, for sure. You don't, you don't even have to worry about the source. The The source is literally the picture. So, Man, I was in such better shape at that point, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... I could tie my shoes at that time. <laughs> I was happy I could see my shoes. You know, that's yeah. also a good thing to see, too. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. You know, th- things have changed, but, uh, you know, we're, we're still having fun, Clay. Yeah. It's hard for me now to blame, uh, you know, like, let's say your pants are wet on me spilling a drink when I can't really see the pants nowadays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, I, uh, I'm watching PJ Mask. Have you ever watched that? I've watched way too many episodes of PJ Mask, and I can tell you right now, I've never paid attention to one of them. Uh, I mean, it is the the intro to this is, is something for sure. <laughs> it's something. It, speaking of that, it's Hero Week at our daycare, so hey, you we're, know we're doing that. We're today uh, today. Eli was dressed up as uh, Captain America to start the day. Hey, so, salute, salute to, to Eli. Yeah, I'm sure tomorrow will be Spider-Man or somebody. It's it's ever-revolving life of a a three-year-old, right? Which, speaking of which... We all have three kids now, by the way. We do. We do. We both have three kids. We've got things to talk about with those three kids here in a little bit. Sports-related. And I'm officially only going to have three kids. So, (laughs) there will be not a fourth one. So... Uh, I felt but, bad for you the last couple of weeks, buddy. I know, I know that is painful. I've been throwing myself a pity party. <laughs> That's I, one of the reasons we haven't been on a podcast. We we had every intention to record an episode last week. Every intention, but there were unforeseen circumstances that did not allow that to happen. <laughs> what did you think when they gave you the uh, the old donut? cushion thing did they give you one of those i did i did not have have that but they didn't give you that uh-uh no, that may I, have been part of the problem Kobe. you gotta have something to you know to take some of that ice, relief ice was involved a lot of ice a lot of ice i ice, understand definitely a friend but uh moving <laughs> away from that because that's just it's not the most fun subject so so painful it's very painful uh so I, I, apparently, we haven't done a podcast in 2023, which is wild to me. Technically, I, this is season four, by the way. Season four. So, that's crazy. Uh, we all started in our in our mom's basement. And, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, actually, we're, we're at the same spot. So, uh, 
No, I, there's been a ton happen, obviously. Uh, the blowout, Georgia beat TC by a million. Um, oh, they played? Yeah, apparently. Uh, Patrick Mahomes won another Super Bowl, so congrats to him. Unfortunately, his brother somehow still getting fame. I don't. His brother and his wife are the most, most annoying <laughs> people in the history of the planet. I mean, oh god. I mean, I I feel bad for Patrick because, like, you know, I don't think he. I mean, he chose this as far as high school sweetheart, but I don't think he really realized that he was going to end up being a a billionaire one day and still have to deal with this same stuff. But uh that guy that, owns a baseball team and still has to deal with them too. <laughs> I would just send them out in those fountains in Kansas City is what I'd do. I'd I swear I'd ship her off to A Rod. I would do literally anything to not have to deal with those people. I mean, what's funny is that you'll see him pregame and it's almost like he's okay don't do anything stupid while I'm playing the football game, okay? And they still do it, though. And, like, the other night, whenever he was, you know, post-game, he's sitting there, I think it's for NFL Network or whatever, they've got, like, the panel, let the game day set up type thing and um, with the desk and all on the field. And, and yeah. his brother's in the background doing a some kind of stupid two-step dance for a – TikTok or whatever. For TikTok. I mean – and I mean, he is, they're the most annoying. No, what's crazy is like, I think Patrick's pretty cool. Like, I, I like him. No, he's a super nice guy. It I, seems like, and he's talented like, he, like crazy. He was put in a corner and he just like too good of a guy to get out of the situation. So he's like, this is my life. I can't, I can't ship my brother up, up into space or, or my wife, but you know, I would like to. You know he just needs to call his parents, and his parents are like, no, son, thank you for taking that off our hands. Yo, yeah, her parents are pumped. They're like, they have to be. Generational, I mean, if you have that lineage, your your family will never even know what a job is for the rest of their life. So her parents are like, I mean, you, you could have done anything, but you own a baseball team? Thank you so much. He owns the baseball team that is literally – I've been there. Is They share a parking lot with each other. He can see his investment right over there after, you know, he finishes practice and he looks over there and he's like, yeah, I own that. Yeah, I own that team over there. That's mine right there. And he's like, what, 26 or something? Yeah, he's way younger than I am. Yeah, and and myself. So, all right, that's, that's football. Um a huge thing in my life is obviously golf. Love it so much. It's uh, the sport that I watch the most of throughout the year. Would you say that you live for it? I, I do live LIV for the golf. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's there's not much more I'd like to do than just watch golf all the time. And uh, Netflix came out with their version kind of like just documentary series uh, for the PGA Tour and just golf in general. And it's called Full Swing. And let me tell you, each episode, I I did not want it to end. After the eight episodes, I wanted it to keep going. I'm already excited for uh, the 2023 season to be uh, shown in 2024 because you know they'll go through all the tournaments this year, all the drama, and show it again in next February. So, 
really excited for that. Uh, John Rahm is on a Tiger Woods tear. He's not finished below seventh in the last nine tournaments, and he's won the last five tournaments out of wow. tournaments. He's won five. Mm. That is uh, that is stuff of of old Tiger, two thousand Tiger, where he's he's winning. You know, every every third or fourth tournament, he's just winning it. Speaking um, of Tiger, that joke he pulled the other day on JT. It it was. Uh, of course, and today's – It was right down my alley as being it, you not know, politically correct. And that's that's what he's – I mean, that's what sucks about today's time is, you know, 20 years ago that joke would have been – Just you know, funny? N- funny and nobody would have even known about it. Because yeah, I mean, it's just – who cares? That, I thought – and I knew that it was going to be turned into something that it shouldn't have been turned into. But it was absolutely one of the most savage things I've ever seen. I mean, you, you let, let's go through really quick what Tiger's been through with his body. Yeah. So, he had two or three back fusions. He had um, multiple knee surgeries. And then, in 2021, he had like the most near death experience you could possible have possibly have uh, drove off a cliff. Yeah. It was not pretty. I mean, they about, obviously he almost died, but then they about amputated his leg. And Oh, by the way, that tournament in 2021 was a tournament he played last weekend and made the cut and actually shot the best round uh, on Saturday at four or five under in one round. So, uh, and by the way, in 2021, he wasn't playing that tournament because his back was hurting. The, yeah. the, the next morning is when he had that accident. So he he was not only dealing with his back and everything else from previous injuries. Now he's not only dealing with the leg, he's also got plantar fasciitis, which is apparently unfun to deal with. So yeah, it's very painful. And him walking four rounds of golf and not only making the cut, but, like, just – I think he finished birdie, birdie, birdie on Saturday. And just, you know, I know you have to be consistent in golf. That's what golf is about. Who's the most consistent player each week is who's going to win. And he shot the best round on Saturday. So, if he did that four days in a row, he would have finished in the top three. Also, you mentioned that's nothing to be light about. That, uh, you know, when your feet are hurting you, and I know that people out there like you and several of them that's going to be listening to this, as you know, you, you've thought about just how far 18 holes of golf is. But if you take, if you just, just to break it down in the simplest form without going through everything, if you look at only three par fives, Roughly 500 yards each, right? Yeah. That's 1,500 yards. A mile, a single mile, is 1,760. So almost a mile just in three holes out of 18. Well, and you're, you're also not walking in a straight line. I mean, and it's not flat. It's not flat. It's also like you're going to wherever your ball goes. Uh, then on top of that, you've got to read the greens and Tiger – 
attacks dreams like nobody else. I mean, he'll walk around every angle, bend down. So you're adding just steps upon steps that he literally just doesn't have in his arsenal right now. And that's his arsenal is can I can I walk? Like that's that's what he has to worry about. He said, I can hit every golf shot possible. He said, but I can't get there like I used to. He said, if I could just get to the ball, I I know how to swing a golf club. Like I know how to do that. But if I can't get there, it doesn't matter. So what he did was everybody always thinks that Tiger fans are viewing him as um, something that something that he's not like immortal. But to to me, if if everybody else in golf had been through what he has, whether it be personally, emotionally, physically, the like they would have given up fifteen years ago, Clay. Yeah. But he is just eaten up with being competitive and wanting to win. Like all of his motivational type things that that he does are just my my I guess one of my favorite Tiger stories. I've probably shared it before, but I'll share it again. Was when he was rehabbing, or not rehabbing, I think he was just recovering from his car accident. Rory McElroy went over to his house um, and said, like, hey, Tiger, where, where's all your trophies at? And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you've won like 80 tournaments. He's like, well, I only have the the 15 out and he's like what do you mean he's like i've only got the 15 major trophies in my house yeah he said i don't i have no clue where the others are no clue he said there might be a couple at the office i've you know some of my charities i might have given some away or whatever sold them for charity uh but yeah i have no clue where any of the others are no you're talking about tournaments like uh bay hill uh, all the all the fifth and sixth majors, like the players, those type tournaments, the tour championship, uh, he's only kept the majors because he said that's that's how I will be viewed when I'm gone. So, I mean, just those things are just incredible. Yeah, I mean it's it's something. It's a, he's a true athlete. No matter what sport he was in, you go through that much and bounce back every time. And yeah, he definitely didn't bounce back to being. Uh, consistent like he was, but he still bounced back and won a major a few years ago. And then, <laughs> I mean, won the, the major won the Masters. I mean, yeah. And uh, he said that, you know, he's going to try to just play the majors probably sure. from now. But, um, you know, moving that on. Happens in, that happens in every sport. I mean, NASCAR, you know, uh, Jimmy Johnson raced this weekend for the 500. He's not going to come back and race a full. Uh, slate, but you're a ex champion. You come back for the big races, right? He'll be at Talladega and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, and speaking of NASCAR, if you want to mention on that a little bit, we we did have the Daytona 500 this weekend. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. wins it. Olive Branch, Mississippi native, Wait, and uh, that's the first win since 2017. Yeah, he's had a, a career that when he was in Xfinity. I'd really call it Bush because that's what I remember it. 
the Bush League, um, Bush Rick. Series. When he was in that level racing, he was really good. Now, he didn't – I don't believe he won a championship. I can't remember exactly. But he was really good, had a really promising career, came up, and, um, you know, I, I believe he drove for Roush a little while, had some good, you know, good cars and everything, just really couldn't ever get it going. And then takes home a win this weekend uh, in the biggest race of the year. You know, it, isn't it weird that the biggest race of the year is the first one? It is. And this was also the 65th Daytona 500. Um, NASCAR itself started racing as a chartered, you know, I guess you could say a rule book type thing. NASCAR started racing down on the beach. Uh, about five years before that, so it's about 70 years in, but the actual Daytona 500 at Daytona International Speedway, Super Speedway, is, this is the 65th time that it was ran. And um, so that's really cool. And um, I don't know, man. It was it was also the 25th anniversary since Dale Earnhardt won in 98, which was – His only win. That was his only win at Daytona. It, his only win in the 500. They, he took home the Pepsi 400. It used to be now it's like the Coke Zero 400 in July. It used to be the Pepsi 400 every Fourth of July weekend, which it absolutely should be now. It, some of the changes they made are really pisses me off. But that was the night race at Daytona. He won that. He went. Uh, Dale Earnhardt. Won the Gatorade 125s that he was in. Of course, each driver is only in one of those. It's the odd, you know, the odd and even. They race to set the actual field outside the front row. Yeah, he won those races more than anybody. He won um, I Rock races at Daytona. He could not win the 500. He went. He led the most laps year in year out, and even on the final lap, I believe the 94. Daytona 500, he blew a tire. He got caught up in wrecks that had nothing to do with him. And he would, you know, he would get caught up in them by accident and things like that. Had the worst luck. And when he won that race, I just remember, even as a kid, like just chills because at that point I was heavy in the NASCAR, right? My family, we kept up with it day, week in, week out. We didn't miss a race. We went to Talladega every year. We, you know, it was a it was a thing. It was, you know, football season was football season. Baseball season was at the beginning. We watched Daytona, or excuse me, we watched NASCAR, all thirty six races. And when he won the five hundred, and it was the fiftieth year of of NASCAR, every team came out to, you know, give him a high five on his way to doing his burnout. I mean, they don't do that. That doesn't happen for anybody. It happened for him. And Richard Childress uh, was his car owner, of course. It was a huge win for him. He was an ex-driver. Had obviously never won Daytona. Uh, Larry McReynolds from right here in Birmingham. Who is a huge Alabama fan. Um, big friends with the Allisons and uh, all that group. And he was the crew chief on that, that year. Just – so much NASCAR history came together 25 years ago when Dale Earnhardt won that race. But it's crazy because, like, it's just weird thinking about that. Ricky Ricky Spinhouse has the same amount of Daytonas as Dale does. Yeah, uh, so does. You know, a few years ago, I was so excited about a uh, uh, Michael McDowell 
he won it, and uh, and, and he's got as many as Dale Earnhardt, um, AJ Foyt, who was a just a legend in open wheel, has one more Daytona 500s than Dale Earnhardt. It's just so weird because you you think you know you watch all the highlights. Oh, he won every one of those, you know. Well, he he's led more laps at Daytona than anybody, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, at least at least up um, in twenty. Yeah, it's ten or so. Jimmy Jimmy Johnson might have maybe passed him on that. I don't know. Yeah, here in the last few years, I you know I've kind of lost. Gordon probably had a lot too. Yeah, and I mean it, it's you had teams. I mean Jeff Gordon won a five hundred in his like third year. I mean yeah. something like that. Del Jarrett won a, a five hundred. Um, heck, even like Sterling Marlin has won a five hundred. Uh, Joey Logano has won three, I think, two or Mark three. Martin, I don't think Mark ever won. You know, Mark Martin is notorious for being. Runner-up, and that's in championship standings. He could not pass Earnhardt. He could not get it done, but he was so good at, and he was consistent. He just could not take over that top spot. And then, and it was racing. Kind of like, kind of like Phil Mickelson with Tiger Woods, you know? Yeah. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to look up Daytona 500s. Um. By amount of wins, uh, there's some of those drivers back in like the '60s and stuff like that. That by well, Richard Petty, yeah, that, some of those guys. The Richard uh, Petty has got seven of those that's Daytona not, 500. That's not going to be broken. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Jeff Gordon has three. Um. Bobby Allison and Dale Jarrett both have three. Bill Elliott, Bill Elliott and his brother, I can't think of his brother's name. They, his brother built his engines in the 80s. Bill Elliott set the record at Daytona and Talladega, which will probably never be broken because of restrictor plates. And now they don't even run a restrictor plate, but they have governors on the carburetors, things like that. And um, they broke the record for track speed. They had a design. They figured out that if you think about a rifle, the, that style of gun is called rifle because of the actual barrel is rifled out. It, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's kind of got like a there. It makes the bullet spin. They did the same thing inside the housing, inside the block for the piston, and it put out so much more horsepower that they have the track record. Of course, there was no restricted plate of an average speed of like 212 at Talladega. And now it's like, what, 198? Yeah. I mean, you're, you know, your pole sitter may have, uh, you know, maybe 194, 195 average speed and your actual race when you're but in the drought. On the long turn there, they might get up to 201 maybe. Yeah, and like I said, in the draft, you're going to be a little higher than that, maybe 198, 199, 200, something like that. But you're not going to have 212. I mean, Bill Elliott came back at Talladega alone. He was four laps down and under green, came back and won a race uh, just on pure speed. Uh, that will not happen again. No. I mean, um, if you watch Sunday, and I'm sure you did. Uh, I watched a lot of it, yeah. But if, if you watch Sunday – 
you you just knew once it got into that those last three laps that half the field ain't gonna be there when it when it's over. Yeah, so. and I know it. Why I love Travis Why is Travis Pastrana a thing? Like, I like Travis Pastrana. He's this is his only race now for the entire year. He's. Tra- I will tell you what it is. Didn't he cause like a big wreck though? Yeah, he did. He messed <laughs> yeah. up, and that's and the thing is like he. Travis Pastrana is somebody who absolutely has no fear. It takes a lot to get in a car and a piece of metal, pretty much sheet metal, with an engine that can put out the kind of horsepower that you're going to run 200 miles an hour. For, and take that and hours. know, and that's right, and for three hours, and be able to look at the end of a straightaway and see a concrete wall and not lift when you go into that curve, go into that turn. That takes some guts. I mean, I I don't know if I can do it. I've been I've I'm been not, in a race car that I would, has but not could not should not with ham, I would not with eggs, I will not with anybody. I will just <laughs> and watch on my couch. My one my track times at Talladega, I had top speed of one seventy three with an average speed of one sixty eight was my best lap. That tells you right there that I was lifting at some point. Now, that ain't on purpose. I didn't go into turn one or turn three on purpose at a a two-and-a-half-mile oval, 2.66 actually, and lift. That was unconsciously. I did not do that on purpose. If you're running the kind of speeds they are, you have to have nerves of steel. And Travis Pastrana is one of these people who has that. He's there was another guy who unfortunately passed away this winter named Kim Block. He had that. Oh yeah, did, Block was the best trick racer of all time. He he anything you put that guy in, Drip, it, he could do it. Snowmobile, didn't he? Yeah, he got killed on a snowmobile on vacation. Which is crazy because like that seems pretty standard to drive, and he does all these. The I mean I'm talking about like Tokyo Drift, yeah, does puts nothing on this guy in real life. I mean it's because whenever you take somebody like that, that the way those guys think, and you put them on a piece of machinery, it don't matter what it is, they're going to take it to the absolute max. And he, whatever happened, I just know that he had to have been taking it to the absolute max. He had to be saying. I bet I can do this. And without second-guessing it, that's the thing. My wife actually asked me right after Kim Block passed away a couple months ago, that seems to happen a lot. Why you know, why do these guys do this? Why do you get in a car that can run those types of speeds? Or why do you go and ride a, a dirt bike and do three flips? Because when you're doing it, you are invincible. And you don't think that anything can hurt you. Especially, you don't think about it. Especially if you're Ken freaking block. Yeah. You're like, man, I, I, I've done, you know, I've driven an inch and a half off the biggest mountains in the world. Doing- that guy, literally, that video of him doing exactly what you're talking about, where they're drifting on a, a peak. Um, the mount- What's, What is the... I know. That's why I just said it. If you'd have just let me say mountains, we could have been fine, Clay. Now you're no, making- it's got. Pikes we got to know it. Pike's Pikes Peak. Peak. That's it. 
when he drifts off the side of Pike's Peak and that tire is off the edge of the daggum cliff. My, my stomach's like dropping right now. Dude, I mean, that right there gets you going. I mean, that right there will get you going. And he's, he's Tiger Woods with a with a car. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's, and that's what I told Tab when she asked that. I was like, because when they are in that situation, they don't think like us. No. We're they just, think. And we survived this. And what they're thinking is, how fast can I go into that corner? Whatever it be. I mean, dude, there. I have heard for years that at the Indy 500, if you think about Indianapolis, it is a rectangle. There's four uh, turns, and it's 90-degree turns. Okay, there, there's no banking. The, I think the actual track slope is like 4%. It's pretty much flat. And you're, if you look in the month of May when they're getting ready for the Indy 500, they start qualifying, and they have four different rounds of qualifying. And each week, there's, you know, your first 10 spots will be set. And then for the rest of the time, those 10 drivers, they're just out there practicing. And every week you start seeing these people break these track records because they've been there for a few weeks and they, they've tuned these cars getting faster and faster. They're turning top speeds of like 240. Okay, when you're in an open-wheel car and you literally have nothing between you and the front axle of that vehicle and then the wall, I've heard that whenever you see the turn coming, you better be turning the wheel because it's already too late when you're running that fast. I can't imagine. That's when you're out there by yourself. Now throw 40 other ones right there around you. And by the way, if you barely even touch, if you come an inch within that other car, you're in the wall. I mean, those F1 drivers are freaking Oh, I... You look at people like Lewis Hamilton, who dominated for so long. He's out of it now. He still races some, but he's not racing as competitively as he was when he was the last probably 10 years, and he won more races than anybody in F1. If you just go YouTube their videos. He was like one of the most famous people in the world. When you go, go and just YouTube hot laps with Lewis Hamilton. It'll blow your mind. Like you, I don't even know how they see the curve. I don't even know how they see the track at all because by the time that I see the curve, they're already halfway through it. <laughs> and you think about it, they're riding. You know, okay, let's talk about your vehicle that you take every day. Now, if you're in a Honda, you're pretty well on the ground, right? You're low. Yeah. You're like they are. Okay, if you're in a truck, you're above that. You can kind of see down. You're looking down at the roadway. You can see further ahead. The bigger the vehicle, the further you can see out from that vehicle. That does make sense in my brain, yes. Well, if you're that close to the ground, and now you add in that you're traveling 170-plus on a road course between turns, how do you ever see the turn? And like, like I said, with IndyCar, you know, at Indianapolis, you see a wall, so you know, okay, this is my break point. This is where I need to start turning is when I pass this particular spot. When you're on a road course, 
your you know your depth perception. I don't see how you can see that turn coming up. I don't. There's nothing behind it. It's just grass. I and, mean, almost like it has to be muscle memory. It has to be. It, it, it's just I don't know how they do it. It's uh, you know, those guys, those teams are worth millions of dollars when it comes. To, NASCAR teams are worth millions of dollars. When you're talking traveling the world to go race, and you're the steering wheel of an F1 car costs more than my house. The steering wheel, and that is because it controls. It's literally a computer. They can control their fuel and their mix. You know, Formula One is literally formula number one in that racing division. That is all about the fuel, the mix that they're using, what they're allowed to do. They can actually adjust that in car on their steering wheel to give them a little bit more horsepower at this particular point in the race or take back a little bit to save tire wear. They can do every bit of that on their steering wheel. Uh-huh. While going 240 miles an hour. While driving that fast. And they can, in the middle of a race, now obviously this would more than likely happen under caution, things like that. But by theory, and it does happen, if you watch them every now and then, they'll adjust rev limiters, they'll adjust, they can adjust their air pressure from their steering wheel. That's Is so, that not wild? That's so cool. That's so cool. So you got my more than my house worth in this in your hands at all times during that race. It's just I don't know. There was a uh, okay one more story and then I'll I'll stop geeking out on this. I mean I geeked out on golf, so you're allowed. In the early two thousands, and the guy's name has completely left me right now. It was a Formula One driver. He won four races in a row. And they finally figured out what was going on. He had figured out, this driver did. Now, this ain't a crew chief who's got 19 engineering degrees or whatever. This is a guy in the car. He knows that car and he's driving it. He figured out that on his steering column, if on the straightaways, if he could pull back on that steering wheel and lean those tires in and a fraction of an inch we're talking like a quarter of an inch that he could pick up another two miles an hour speed so picture this he comes out of a curve out of a turn he literally physically pulls towards his body with his steering wheel and it lifts the tires a quarter of an inch on the outside so that equates to about a quarter of an inch on each tire not being on the ground which is less drag, which means more speed for his vehicle. And he won four races doing that. More drift, I guess. Yeah, well, less less tire on the ground at a time, less. causing, you know, you've got friction, but you also have a, those tires are causing a suction to the ground. Yeah. And if you can pull up a quarter inch, that's that much vacuum that's not like enough slowing you down. <laughs> is that not crazy? So, was it, I guess, was it not legal? No, everything was legal. He so, wasn't doing anything outside the box. He didn't adjust anything. So, everybody else, did they start doing it? And that's why he didn't win every race after that? They literally just, they figured it out. And they, you know, I don't know exactly what they did to stop it, but it wasn't illegal. They didn't take away any wins. He, pretty much, Cody, he took the slack in the steering column. 
no matter what you do mechanically, you're going to have a little bit of slack, right? You could go out there to your car right now and you could probably move your steering wheel just a, you know, an eighth of an inch, right? Mm-hmm. He used that eighth of an inch, that quarter of an inch or whatever it was and figured out if he pulled towards himself just a little harder on the straightaways, he would pick up that speed. And we're talking about just a fraction, just a little bit added up enough to where he was, he won four races in a row. Is that, or that's the last races he ever won? I think he went on and won a few more later on, but this was a, he went from being, say, a top 15 driver to winning four in a row. Everybody was like, what is going on? Something's up. It was almost like he should have just probably won one every year. Yeah, exactly. That kind of driver to winning four in a row. That's a big deal. Yeah. So it, it's almost like that deep half video going around. Like, is it fake or not? Yes. Where he jumps up and then he gets tested for PEDs. Yes. Like, we probably got a lot of publicity from that video. That's right. But is it worth it? <laughs> so, Cody, I know that's enough talking about auto racing and the things. Daytona 500, we even went off into Formula 1, IndyCar. What are we doing? But let's talk about a little bit of sports close to home. You know, I mentioned it before we ever got started tonight. Both of us have got kids. Both of us got kids now playing spring baseball. And particularly, I've got one playing T-ball. And be quite frankly, I've been in coaching a long time. Yesterday was my first ever practice, and uh, and I'm just really good at it. That does not shock me at all. We went from not being able to hit the, not being able to pick up a bat, pretty much, to making solid contact in 45 minutes. I am ecstatic. You know, this is, I guess, it's Parker's, I don't know, fourth or fifth season. And uh, I'm excited. We're we're on that uh, we're in that age where you're starting to kind of know everybody now. You've you've been on a team with these people before, and our coach is uh, great with the kids. I, I'm the assistant coach, but our coach is great with the kids, and he's just. I mean, we've got like six or seven kids that we've we've coached before. And it was it was funny, like the kids didn't even have to, you know, ask what position they're going to play. They just went to their position, you know. They just knew and went. It flows. Yeah, and you know we've got ten kids or eleven kids, and you can only no, we got ten kids. Well, I can already tell that I've already been. You know, I was kind of nervous. I I wouldn't kind of. I was real nervous because. I don't know, man. You, you know, like this youth athletes, I've umpired before. I know how parents can be, and it can very well turn into that. But yeah. at the same time, all those nerves went out of – just completely left whenever – just immediately when we started doing practice, when we started, you know, kids picking up the bat, learning the basic. I mean, I, my focus right now, we've only got like four weeks before the season. I'm only having, you know, probably one practice a week unless we can squeeze in another one because everybody's so busy. My goal, if we – obviously, we want to win. We, you know, we, we want to go to the right. I want to go to the championship. But it's T-ball, right? And if I can just get them to figure out the basic rules of this game, I'm going to feel like it's a win in my book. Yeah, and 
like there's not much crying going on. Like that's a big win. Yeah. Like uh, you know, there's not every kid in the dirt. You know, there's gonna be some. There's always gonna be some. There's gonna first practice we start. You know, I line them up and I said, all right, everybody's going. We're gonna learn how to hit. We're gonna learn how to what to do when you first come up, how to, you know, space yourself from the ball, make sure you got plenty of room, make sure you're facing the right direction, you're squared up on it, the simple things. And then everybody got really good at that. And I was <laughs> like, all right, now we're going to go to, what do you do when you hit the ball? What's the next move? Where do you run to? So we started practicing that. And, of course, immediately, first one hits the ball, takes off after the ball. It's going to happen, right? It just has to happen. And honestly, that's probably going to be the parts where we actually get to laugh. We finally get to laugh because I know myself, I'm competitive as all hell, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to have to catch myself no matter what level. Free, Clay. I am, dude, I am full on, like, when Mike Dicka comes out there to Will Ferrell's soccer team and he's like, hey. Give me a juice box. Give me a juice box. Juice box, boy. I mean, that, oh, I've got to catch myself. I am too. I mean, like, I feel myself taking over the head coaching responsibilities when I'm there. <laughs> like, I'll be like, hey, plays at one, say it back. Because I'll be like, I don't like quiet on a baseball field. You've no. got loud. I'm like, because I'll say, repeat what I say. Repeat what I say so I know you're listening. And I'll be like, plays at one. And I'll just hear Parker, play that one. <laughs> Everybody, do you hear what I am saying? But, and dude. I, there's parents behind us and all uh, everything. They're probably like, I thought this other guy was the coach. Who's this big fat guy yelling at my kid? <laughs> and I'm like, but, like, but, I mean, coach lets me do it because, I mean, I'm just a lot louder than him. Sure. Tell me this, Cody. Yeah. Of all your, your days of playing sports all the way up from, from when you were in Little League all the way through you finished playing sports, same with me. Is it – do you have more joy in the memories that you had from playing and the achievements that you had or literally just watching your kid do something that you've told them to do and make a play and watch them have a moment? I mean, there's not even – it's not even close. It's not even close. I know it's not. There's no way it's not. No, I mean, like you cry. You, I mean, you, just seeing them happy makes you happier than you could ever be about anything you've done. Yeah, I totally mean, agree. I mean, Brody was – Brody's playing soccer. He's not playing baseball. Brody is nine now, which is also insane. That is uh, insane. But he is playing soccer. This will probably be like his fifth season that he's played. And uh, like for two or three years, he just didn't score. Sure. He just didn't score. He he played defense a lot. And well, I mean, he was an incredible, he's an incredible defender. Like, he'll- it's also extremely tough to score. Himself. Yeah. It's not like it's basketball where you, you know, it's a lot of scoring opportunities. I mean, you know, and, and now obviously, little league, there's going to be a lot more scoring than in high school and college. Right, right. You know, I mean, a, a lot of goals in little league is like five or six. You know. Yeah. And you know, but that when you're a defender, like he starts as a defender. You know, he's yeah. He's the last line of defense before the the keeper and everything. 
And so he would like kick out balls to the, to the strikers and everything and try to just not let them get to the goalie. Well, I don't know what happened, but he, I don't know if he put himself there or if the coach got confused <laughs> and they put Brody at striker. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I, I can't watch. Like, and that's another thing. Like you can't enjoy sports either when your kids are playing. Cause you, you just get so nervous about them. Like, because you want them to do good so bad that you don't want them to be disappointed, you know? You want them to do good, but it's not there. It's not like I want to do good so they can be the best ever and blah, blah, blah. No, it, it's want to do good because you want them to have that feeling of achievement. I know they're just like me. And if they lose or don't do good, it's, it's going to eat at them, you know? Right. So I want them to just do good so they're having fun and being happy. Yeah, it literally doesn't have anything to do with anybody else. It's literally just wanting them to have that feeling that they achieved. Something. Yeah, and and that's that's all it is. And then all of a sudden, like Brody just scored two goals in the game, and I'm like, that that's like I'm getting tears thinking about. It. That's like the most overwhelmed I've ever been with with just joy for my kid that usually doesn't get to do something like normally he's on the opposite end and like we're always like yelling good job brody had a way to kick it out out of way you know that's the same amount of yelling it's just when you get to do the thing that you see all your buddies doing celebrating and everything and like he helped lead them to do that sure like without him getting there with the assist and everything they couldn't do that but you have literally just described every offensive lineman in the country yeah, uh, and like I was just, I was just overwhelmed with emotion. Like, and it's the same thing. Like when, uh, when Parker hits a grand slam, or if he makes a crazy play and tags out two people for a double play. I mean, I'm just absolutely beside myself. Like I'm like, I cannot wait to send these videos to everybody. And you know. <laughs> Uh, but you can't help it. You get like, I got to right. like somebody's got to see this, you know. Uh, yeah. But no, it's not even close. I mean, not that I really ever did that much in my personal sporting career. Well, but, sure. But, but uh, it, all anything like I'd trade it all for them to do uh, to have way more success than than anything and. Uh, I'm just really excited to to start that up again. I know uh, it's it's very enjoyable, and we want to take every opportunity we have to be thankful for it. But we we also get to say we're tired, and that's okay. It's not <laughs> we don't love being with our kids all the time. It's just we're tired. I mean, that's, oh man, we're so tired. And this is just. That's not including, like, these are just the practices that we have to go to. I mean, yeah. there's times where Parker wants to go hit for an hour. Or, you know, like last night, went and played with Brody. So, uh, before his practice, you know. So, it's just, I mean, you love those times, but you were just a tired person. Like it, That's right. There's no getting around it. Just because you're tired doesn't mean we don't love these times. That's right. And it goes so quick. I know like our you know, we've only got a few months of 
uh, or probably like six weeks of season, especially for my group because you know there's, there is no postseason. Yeah. And uh, and so I know it's gonna fly by. And it's, probably don't, probably don't need postseason for three and four year olds, but I'm getting ready to win it all, son. So uh, I would love postseason champion or. I'm going to since there is no postseason, we're already the champion, and we will be the champion at the end of the season. Because who's to say I'm not? People are asking. I mean, they, even if they're not, I'm telling. Yeah, I mean, you can do whatever you want to if there's no rules. It's just like outback, no rules, just right. I, I can already see that I'm going to pull the. You know, you can't handle the truth when I call some little kid out. Yeah, just. Uh, just be ready though, because there's there's, oh, there's going to be those parents that you know you're being too hard on them or whatever, and then you then you're going to have the people like me that are having to be told, don't say that, stop, stop yelling so much. Yeah, like, I you know, I, I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I may have been a little too jacked for our first uh, our first <laughs> game, our first practice. <laughs> it could have had something to do with the. The nervousness, it could have had something to do with three or four pieces of gum that I had already chewed before I got there, and maybe even Red the, Bull. Well, it was a uh, Starbucks double shot. And, uh, it, dude, I was running the bases well. Now, last night when I got home, I crashed. Like running. So, uh, I was like, we've got 45 minutes. I mean, it was, we had practice at 5 30, and at 5 35, it was dark, and I'm like, we're not stopping. <laughs> so where it looked like in the video you sent me, were you just out in like a field? So I we um uh, my assistant coach, uh this is also great. It's uh mm-hmm. he's a great guy, has like forty eight acres of field, of room oh. and um uh, it's literally like a three miles from the actual field. And so we've got, you know, four or five teams for the park and one field. And they were all trying to figure out their schedule about when to practice. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to set up a schedule with my parents and uh, we'll go practice over here at this guy's house. It's got a flat spot and uh, we can set out the bases. And as long as I get a couple practices on the field to get my kids, uh, you know, used to what a baseball field looks like and feels like, I'm going to be fine. These first few practices where we can just go anywhere, I'm not going to argue with all these other teams and try to wait till seven o'clock to practice and all that. Like we're going to go, we're going to go do what we need to do. Cause I was like, I was like, I don't I think they're in an outfield. And just- I told, I told my kids, I said, we ain't got to have the best cleats. We'll go out there and beat them in flip flops in the alleyway. I don't care. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to have some, some footage of you coaching these it's going to be great. I mean, I'm telling you right now, I got two kids on the on the team that are super shy. I told them, I said, I'm going to have y'all ready to run through a brick wall before the game ever starts. Well, they, they stare at you like, what's a brick wall? They stared at me and then drank their juice box. Right. And, box boy? Yeah, juice box boy. I mean, I'm telling you right now, I, I was like, I don't know where y'all got them, but I'm going to have to get one of them too. I told the parents, whenever y'all get ready to, you know, bring juice boxes, pre-sons, you make sure you got one for Coach Dodd. Well, it's important. Well, uh, you, you know what I do like? There's some juice boxes, but you know what I don't like? What's that, Cody? I don't like messing with horses. 